0: My guest today is Garrett Gill de Rubio. VP of Business Development at P2 Sample. Thanks mm-hmm. for being on the Happy Market Research Podcast today. Thanks for having me. We are at the Wire event, part of IIEX Austin. Mm-hmm. Have you been to, on the floor so far? At the, I have. Right?
1: It, it got started just a few hours ago. It but it's been a very busy, uh, pleasant time so far. Yeah, it's been,
0: it's been a completely different, uh, structurally different than it was when it was in Atlanta. What do you think Absolutely. about the differences?
1: A lot more space. Yeah. Uh, the, the exhibitors, uh, some of the exhibitors have a lot more uh, uh, room room to grow and and move Uh, and uh, it's everyone is is on the same corridor which is a a plus Um, but but further there's a a lot more ability to go off and and have private areas and discussions and client meetings and the like which is always great
0: you know I think that like the current layout is effective it's like kind of like Move into marketing mode mm-hmm. is more effective if you do a really good job of pre recruiting to your mm-hmm. booth. Mm-hmm. Right? I think that's like if you're just reliant in the trade show industry nowadays uh, or events mm-hmm. of walk, walk. I mean, that's going to happen. You're going to get drive bys, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, you're going to do so much better if you can start getting critical mass there.
1: Absolutely. Right? And, and to have people be able to meet you in, in a common meeting spot where there's so many uh, human beings in one place, it's it's convenient for them as well.
0: Are they, So like one hack that I've been toying with Mm. on that subject is doing events, like whether it's a demo Mm -hmm. or bring in a special speaker or Mm -hmm. something like that. Not like it's a, it's not like you're taking the floor Mm -hmm. um, of the exhibit hall, but it could be something, you know, where you could do a five or 10 person uh, presentation, right? Just to kind of like get that activity level up in those rooms. For sure. It it can be a bit challenging just because of space
1: and and the dynamics of of everyone being on top of each other. But um, if you have an effective booth area, um, certainly the the capability to to do that is there.
0: Yeah, for sure, for sure. Are you, do you guys exhibit at a lot of um,
1: uh, shows? We do. Uh, we are not exhibiting at, at, uh, okay, not at, at IAX? IAX this year. Okay. Uh, we're we, we're uh, nomads, as it Got were. Got it.
0: Perfect. <laughs> Walking the floor?
1: Yes. <laughs>
0: cool. Uh, so... You guys have had Mm -hmm. a hell of a big run. Mm -hmm. I'm running, I see your name everywhere. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I believe you just announced your biggest quarter ever in Q1. Absolutely. Which is actually rare because Q1 Mm -hmm. in our industry is kind of like Q3, those are the quieter quarters. Certainly. Right, so coming off of a big Q4, Mm a lot of momentum. What was the key to success? Give us the wisdom. <laughs> well, I can't give it all away, uh, but <laughs> there, there's a, there's a few uh, factors at
1: play. Uh, number one is we, we have seen a, a drive in, in the throughout the entirety of the industry to move towards automation and programmatic sample. Uh, that has certainly uh, weathered well with us, uh, and and uh, and jumping on uh, to our programmatic stance uh, has certainly been a, a big aspect of growth with our client base so really quick I'm Mm gonna interrupt you Mm -hmm. um, tell us a little bit about what that stance is Uh, we believe in being as programmatic as possible with sample Um, and and not just the sense of having everything automated but having as real time an aspect of of engagement with not only a a, the studies and the ability to launch them but also with the engagement with the respondents and the panelists that are involved as well uh, from from our side of things so to be able to truly work in real time uh, has has afforded a number of our clients the ability to get, um, I I would say, a higher quality of data, and they're coming back for more, um, which is a a fantastic problem to have. We've also seen a lot of international growth on our side beyond the US, uh, which has traditionally been a a strong foundation for us in our business model. Um, But we're seeing Western Europe, Asia Pacific, uh, Australia, uh, even Africa and Latin America starting to really make strong gains in our are you guys
0: on. playing in the uh, marketplaces, like the Lucids mm-hmm. and Synths? And- absolutely. We work with a number of the marketplaces mm-hmm.
1: as, as both a supplier and in some cases as a client, uh, a buyer, uh, depending on the vernacular of, of the particular yeah. marketplace. Um, and, and we work well um, because of that level of automation and integration. We all speak the same language. Um, so we're, we're happy to support marketplaces and work with that and then also bring some additional buyers, uh, non-traditional market research buyers to the table as well.
0: Yeah, that's cool. I mean, unlocking the panel is, the panelists is really important, mm-hmm. obviously. Um, what Are we ever going to stop having to ask gender over and over again in surveys? <laughs> we would love to see that.
1: I know our respondents would love to see that. And, and that's one of the things we've been emphasizing with our clients is the ability to call on our established demographics that have been proven over and over again no one's changing, although there's certainly the possibility, but no one has changed their gender 15,000 times. So let the demographics and their profile speak for themselves uh, and get to the heart of the research itself.
0: So you guys launched a marketing campaign, hashtag time to listen, mm-hmm. which I think should be tethered to some kind sort of like hashtag Beatles or something. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me a little bit about that. Um, It it goes back to that that
1: core of of respondent engagement. Um, To be able to hear what the the respondents are a vital part of market research and to really hear their opinions about not being asked the same question about gender or age 15,000 times in 15,000 ways. It's a waste of their time. Um, And so to be able to hear their voices in market research, the actual voice of the consumer more often than not is, is a vital part of the research itself. It not only helps with respect to that respondent engagement, also the quality of data. Um, if they're enjoying their survey experience, if they're positively contributing, the data tends to be better um, and, and less uh, propensity for fraud or less propensity for boredom in surveys where they start to straight line or, or, or similar. Um, so we really encourage our clients and, and the platforms with which we work to make things as streamlined as possible for the respondent because it, it represents a, a stronger quality to the, the data that comes out of the research itself. Are you seeing Twitter
0: as a platform to engage
1: customers? Also, we haven't traditionally used Twitter. We are starting to. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's it's not. Part of our core business model, um, but I know that our marketing team, as well as uh, some of our um, clients, are, are working with Twitter-based projects uh, and the like. Um, we just we haven't been called upon. Uh, Got it. Significantly, there. Got
0: it. So you're not really active there. You see what mm-hmm. what marketing channels do you use a on? lot? LinkedIn, I assume. Mm-hmm. Uh, LinkedIn is is very
1: popular for us. We do some Facebook, both recruitment for panelists as well as for clients. Uh, we've just started in Instagram uh, as well, um, but predominantly we are working uh, in a number of different. Uh, not only platforms but but uh, social media and and also through various publishers and recruitment sources. So uh, there's a number of ways in which we promote ourselves uh, from a marketing perspective, utilizing a lot of those same sources from which we get members.
0: Looking forward, mm-hmm. how are we going to change as an industry?
1: Uh, oh. I think it, it goes back to kind of two tenets of what I've already spoken about, which is, number one, a better respondent engagement. Um, I, I think the eye towards... Who is filling out that survey and what are they interested in and how do I engage them is a a key strategy going forward for the industry as a whole. Because if you're not engaging your consumers, your products aren't going to engage your consumers. Uh, (laughs) Secondarily, I I think there is a a drastic move towards globalization. It's not just a U.S. study or a U.K. study. It's now a 10 and 20 study exercise or 10 and 20 geography exercise. Um, So I think there is a a global expansion that is starting to occur. Her and looking at global audiences as opposed to microscopic views of, of the world.
0: So, if I if I'm hearing you correctly, you're seeing the respondent experience as being mm-hmm. something that we should actually start caring more about mm-hmm. as an industry. Absolutely, and that's going to increase engagement mm-hmm. at the, you know, and, and hopefully improve overall quality, mm-hmm. um, which is a big problem right now in our space. Mm-hmm. The, you know, the other part of it that I think is really interesting is the programmatic. The benefit of programmatic is you're able to get to the consumer faster because there's less physical or whatever work fewer right? jumps fewer to jumps. get there. Yeah. yeah right exactly absolutely uh, and so are you seeing the point of insight change inside mm-hmm. of your customer base in other words is it the content the um constituent right mm-hmm. traditionally has been the market researcher mm-hmm. right is the buyer of mm-hmm. third-party panel mm-hmm. uh but are you seeing it kind of move inside of the organization to other individuals, other job functions?
1: We, uh, one thing that we are seeing, which, which takes many facets of that, that, uh, that question into regard is the, the notion of going back to real time engagement. We we're starting to see research and therefore respondent engagement happening at a, at a quicker pace. Therefore things can be very similar to Twitter, um, where things can be sampled in real time. Um, so it doesn't take days or weeks or, or months in field things can be done in hours um and so the the notion of programmatic sampling allows for instantaneous uh engagement with the client they there we're not waiting a week for someone to get back from an email invite and respond in. They're they're dealing with that respondent in real time, which allows researchers to truly sample something and smaller pools of sample in a very quick time, using very quick media, very quick automation, and therefore move on to the next topic and the next topic and therefore also extend their research, recontact those respondents a day or two later and ask similar opinions or next phase. Especially uh, we, we see it a lot the, the classic Super Bowl model of of what did you think of the client the commercials and the and then after you saw it three times later, an hour after uh, halftime at the Super Bowl, what did you think of it? And being able to really engage in real time and larger, uh, smaller pools of sample, but larger, broader pools for, for projects of that nature has really changed the face of research. It's not, it's not months and months of planning to get a sample pool. It's, it's minutes in some cases.
0: My guest today has been Garrett Gil DeRubio. Thank you. Yep. Right. All right. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, well, a little bit tenuous on that. Uh, how do people get in contact with you?
1: Uh, via our website, p2sample.com. You can always find me on LinkedIn as well.
0: All right. Perfect. Uh, and I think we're connected on LinkedIn also. So um, we'll be posting this episode uh, specifically for you guys and um, including all your contact information inside of the show notes. Thanks for being Excellent. on the Happy Market Research Thanks for Podcast. Having me.